friend Zach. Hey everybody. So today we're going to be beginning a series. Yeah. This is probably going to take a couple podcasts to get through. Yeah, I'm excited. Many. Yeah. <laughs> so today we're going to be looking at EDH rec data and trying to learn more about a couple aspects of the format. We want to figure out what decks people are building that aren't quite supported by commanders. Yeah figure out what the gaps are we also want to like just use the data to figure out what people want to do in each color in commander Mm -hmm. and i mean we might learn other things along the way we're just gonna dive in and see what we find i kept thinking of it more categorically and then nick was like let's just do it and so we're doing it (laughs) i think it'll end up better i think we'll like come across more like organic information that way yeah we're trying not to have too many preconceived notions just yeah let the data tell us what, what's going on. For those of you who may not know, EDHREC is a website that pulls deck lists from deck stats and MTG Goldfish. So they aggregate that data, determine like the relationships between commanders and certain cards or certain cards and other cards. So it's a great way to get a to get an idea of what other people are doing when they build a certain deck or use a certain card. And they also have a really well-organized website, so you can go through and see all the monocolor commanders, all the two-color commanders, all the three-color commanders, and see, you know, what commanders are most popular in those colors, what staples are most popular in those colors, get a really good oversight of the format. And that's some of the information we want to use today. Limitations. So first off, this isn't comprehensive data. There's plenty of other websites on which you can find deck lists, like... Uh, tapped out for example yeah. is a big one there also could be a significant difference between the kind of people who host their deck lists online and just like kitchen table players i think the decks we're going to be seeing might be people who are more invested yeah than in the format oh another thing is like edh rec is definitely not optimized and you'll see that in a lot of ways yeah we'll we'll get into that i think more on a commander by commander basis you'll start to see like what we mean by that but but essentially um edh rec just tells you what people are doing not what the best thing to do is yeah yeah definitely especially if the best thing to do is not immediately obvious an easy example and and like you said there we're going to come up with more as we go along is like Gisal Goldmain. Yeah. I think that the best Gisal Goldmain list is like extremely low to the ground, just tries to get as many creatures on the board as possible yeah. and then attacks for like 40 on turn five. Yeah, I, I agree. <laughs> but if you look at what people are actually building, the converted mana cost is much higher than much that. Much higher. A lot of five drops, a lot of six drops. A lot of X spells. A lot of X. There's We got XX2 white white among the signature <laughs> cards. Yeah. And treat the angels that you're probably not miracling yeah. all that often. Yeah. So you have to take EDH rec data with a grain of salt. I think that experience and uh, expert opinion will, will probably... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is probably a good supplement to the raw information on yeah, this website. Definitely. <laughs> um, but let's let's go ahead and, and jump in with the mono white commanders. Yeah. So do you want to talk about the top ones or just the themes that we see? How do you want to? So I guess we'll start with the top with 738 decks. SRAM Senior Edificer is the most popular mono white commander. Yeah. Which is yeah by a pretty sizable margin yeah i I think there's a couple reasons for this one is that it's 
linear. It tells yeah. you what to do. Yeah. It's also pretty powerful when built correctly. Mm-hmm. Like a SRAM deck, it's really not hard for you to go, okay, turn to SRAM, dump all the zero drop yeah. equipment in my hand. It's very explosive. Yeah. It, um, it, it feels really cool. And the deck honestly isn't like, I don't think it's that much to make because you don't necessarily need like a, a GTA or any of their really, really busted yeah, equipment. Like the most important cards are like spider silk net. Yeah. And the, um, the shield, a quarter like shield, yeah. like a bunch of stuff like that. Oh, there's multiple shield, cathar shield. I forgot about that. Mm-hmm. Bonesaw, Paradise Metal. Yeah. There's, there's plenty of things. It feels very powerful. It tells you how to build it. And then we've also, within the top five mono-white commanders, we've got two other equipment-based commanders. Yes. We've got Kemba at 646 decks and Nahiri the Lithomancer at 514 decks. I think already we can see that one of the themes in mono-white is like Voltron and yeah. or equipment because... I think that people are taking advantage of the fact that one of the few things that white can tutor out efficiently is yeah. equipment. Yeah. And that's, and that's also one of the few ways it can draw cards is off of your pure steel, or your SRAM. Yeah. And the equipment itself, like in mono white, like a mask of memory or like a sword of fire and ice. Like those are honestly some of the only ways to efficiently draw cards, draw in, cards white. in white. So it kind of makes sense on that axis also. And it also like gives you a win condition because you're always going to have access to your commander and these equipment that are you're tutoring out and are drawing you cards yeah. are also a way for you to get 21 commander damage often. Yeah, yeah. Another couple uh, commanders in the, the top five, we've got Avacyn, Angel of Hope, at 583 decks. Avacyn is the third most popular mono-white commander. Mm-hmm. I don't know the exact formula behind EDH yeah. Rec. But when they break down associations, one of the things they do is look at cards that are more likely to appear in a particular commander's deck than in other decks of that color. Yeah. So signature cards are, are those cards. And, and for Avacyn, they are things like Lyra Dawnbringer, Hour of Revelation, Planar Cleansing, Acroma's Vengeance, Nev- Vineral's Disc, World Slayer, but also things like Acroma Angel of Wrath, yeah. Angel of Tithes, Baneslayer, Angel yeah. of Jubilation. Armageddon, great. Yeah. <laughs> so it seems like there's two main ways that people are building Avacyn Angel of Hope. And one of them is like just going by her text box and trying to figure out how can I use this to break the symmetry on mass destruction effects. Yeah. And then the other theme is like tribal angels. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, so this this will be a thing that I'm assuming is going to pop up a lot where we're going to get commanders like Avacyn that are an iconic creature type or a a creature type people like and you're gonna as we go through it we'll see that like people are trying to force a tribal component onto said commander and i i would bet a lot of money that this is going to keep happening so there's nothing in the avison text box that indicates tribal angels and yet here we see yeah here we see it yeah i mean there's really no reason to run a chroma angel of wrath yeah except that they share a type one. yes or or bane slayer yeah, yeah. like why, why are you running bane slayer when you're running a bunch of wraths like mm-hmm. <laughs> i don't know yeah whatever it'll be very interesting to see how some of the recent hole filling they've done influences the top commanders it seems like almost half of the 
Avacyn decks are Tribal Angel. So I wonder if, if most of those are going to end up being Lyra Dawnbringer decks. Yeah, I, uh, and, here's, and, here's hoping. <laughs> yeah, and it's possible that Avacyn's going to fall down the rankings and as Lyra, as more people build around Lyra, more deck lists, more yeah. Lyra deck lists filter their way into these databases. Mm-hmm. And then the, the fourth most popular of the uh, mono-white commanders is Audric Lunark Marshall. This is a fairly unique deck. Um, yeah. A lot of it seems like a lot of the signature cards are kind of just keyword soup. Yes, I, as someone who has, I made an Audric deck to play with a playgroup that's not as focused as the main one that me and Nick end up playing in a lot, and uh, that is pretty much you end up playing like super French vanilla. Like I don't even know what to call like two or three keyword vanilla creatures, like artisan French vanilla. Mm-hmm. So th- this deck is kind of full of a bunch of cards you wouldn't normally play. Yeah, I think that one of the ways people tend to build Mono White, yeah. and possibly one of the reasons that people think Mono White is super weak, in addition to the fact that it is, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, is that uh, a lot of the most popular decks seem to be just like large French vanilla creatures. Yeah. Oh, like yeah. you've got your Tribal Angel deck in which it's the, there's it's just a lot of large bodies with keywords audric is one of the more popular decks which is again is just large bodies with keywords yeah, too many keywords sort of lower down the deck list rankings as we get more into the top 10 mm-hmm. it seems like there's more of a focus on token aggro yeah and that that kind of quickly becomes oh actually with there's actually some exceptions but yeah token aggro becomes a pretty like common theme in mono white as well yeah, you've got Darien, King of Kildor, with 457 decks. Elishnorn, Grand Cenobite, has 262 decks. I believe... Um, I think the Heliod deck lists are typically token lists, if mm-hmm. I remember looking at them. And a Heliod comes in at a strong 10 with 261 deck lists just behind Elishnorn. Mm-hmm. And this is kind of a theme if you go further down... There's there's a lot of token decks. <laughs> Interestingly, so Audric, Master Tactician, he comes in at the eighth most popular mono white commander, and a lot of these token aggro lists tend to have a lot of overlap with um, Tribal Soldier because yeah. a lot of the most efficient white token generators have the Soldier creature type. It could be possible that there is an opportunity for just a Tribal Soldier commander. Mm-hmm. I I totally think that that is something that should happen and it's weird that it hasn't Mm -hmm. i think that's going to be also a recurring theme is we're going to look at things and go oh what like why haven't they done a tribal soldier commander why haven't they done this particular thing i actually have a uh, a tribal soldier design that could potentially work in this format yeah Essentially, um, it grants all your soldiers banding and vigilance. (laughs) And then whenever a creature dies, if a soldier you control dealt damage to it this turn, draw a card. Oh, that's really cool. And I'm not going to explain banding for the people listening. Yeah, banding is a lot, and it's very good. Essentially what it means is you can like group all your creatures together into one creature and yeah. attack with it or block with it. And yeah, then it's you, pretty busted blocking. Yeah, and then you get to choose like how your opponent's creatures that block or become blocked by it assign their combat damage. Yeah. So it's possible like five soldiers attacking together in a band 
if they block with a five five, you're they're gonna lose their five five, and you lose one it, one one. Yeah, soldier. you put five damage on one soldier. So white doesn't really have evasion, but it seems like a great way to discourage blocking and get you value if they do choose to block, and just it feels very martial. Yeah, yeah, yeah. which which was the intent of banding originally. Mm-hmm. It just sucks that there's so many weird rules. Yeah, nobody wants problems. To. <laughs> yeah, there's no way you can fit all everything banding does in like in a text box. Text. Yeah. yeah, and also it's kind of it's the same problem with protection where it's like multiple abilities because banding works differently on blocks. Like, you make a band on blocks, but you only need one creature with banding to mm-hmm. be in the band on a block, which is pretty busted. <laughs> <laughs> uh, another interesting theme that comes up a little bit is tribal humans. Yeah, yeah. So, Audric, Master Tactician, uh, 15% of these decks are tribal human. People also try it with, um, with Bruna, the Fading Light, although she gives a little bit more of a reward. Yeah. For Given that Mark Rosewater has said that they're trying out humans as the white characteristic race, there could be room for trying out for designing a tribal human commander in the future. Because if white's characteristic race is humans, then we're going to get more good white humans. Yeah. Uh, And of course, it's a theme every time we go back to Innistrad. Yeah, there's going to be more white humans. So it could be that the support for the archetype is going to build naturally over time. So it could would make sense to design a commander that that helps it out so there's obviously a lot of like smaller niche archetypes present in white you get lin civi tribal rebels yeah. there's plenty of um voltron commanders oh yeah there's, there's so many yeah mo- most of them tend to be voltron honestly like there's a lot of white commanders that just like attack pretty good yeah i think that white's strength is in equipment interactions yeah. and in token ag- aggressive strategies, mm-hmm. that's real and and, and wraths like being able to deal with things, yeah, having answers. Al- although it's interesting that there are so few commanders in white that really um, incentivize that. Yeah, yeah, which is like it's yeah. really it's Avison. Avison breaks the the symmetry, but I think there's definitely room for more. Yeah, and and not necessarily as. Um, oppressive a way as Avison yeah. is definitely yeah maybe like extending t- to lands and breaking symmetry on yeah. not <laughs> it's the not the fun gameplay yeah <laughs> it's a little little goofy there there's definitely a couple opportunities for wizards to open up new ways to play white so just to recap we've got tribal humans um, more mono white control commanders yeah. Yeah. Well, the, one of the ones that is like conspicuously absent until really recently mm-hmm. is life gain. Because mm. that's the, one of the things that I think one of the biggest holes in mono white. Like, it really wasn't until this last year or two that we had mono white commanders mm-hmm. that played with life in a way that was both good and fun. Because, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, this last year we got Evra, the Halcyon Witness, and we got um, the Angel, what's her name? Uh, Regna who mm. partners with Krav. And honestly, before these, there wasn't... There's life n- gain reward. There's no... In the, like, primary life gain. In, in mono white, which is such a weird thing. Like, it, it could have been anything. It could have been, like, gain life... Like, obviously, Regna does that gain life, get creatures, but it could have been gain life, like, uh, pay X to draw cards, like, the well. It could have. They could have done this, like... Years ago, there's no reason this had to be like a commander 
specific thing or something that they thought about for Commander, but yet it's there's it's not really or hasn't really existed. What I would like to see coming out of Wizards is just a little bit more thought to using riders to differentiate cards and sticking riders on staple effects. Yeah, like yeah, it, yeah, yeah. It would be great to see a lot more staple white. I mean, I know we have many that already do this, but like very efficient, say, disenchant effects or yeah. creature removal that has life gain tacked onto it. Yeah, no, I, I, that was actually to... They've kind of realized that in regards to Limited. Mm-hmm. The last few sets have had cards that did a thing you wanted to do in Limited. So, in for instance, in M19, there was the kill spell. It's like five mana, kill a creature. Mm-hmm. You're going to do that anyway, and then gain three life is tacked onto it. Mm-hmm. So now all of a sudden, like you're going to pick that card anyway, but then if you pick up the other synergies, it happens. I think that they've realized... I think we're going to start seeing that, because mm-hmm. they, they realize that like life gain isn't so oppressive yeah. as they did, thought it was in the early it's years just, it's really just a fun uh like hook for you to attach yeah. things to yeah 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 totally and, and it's not really conspicuous to like new players it doesn't really no. disrupt them from gameplay where like i think it's less less disruptive than like scry oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. like for a new player like there's a lot of decisions involved in scrying whereas with life gain I, okay, I just tick this number up, and I'm happy about it. Yeah. I, I think that the the play pattern... Like, p- most people scry wrong most of their magic careers, I think. <laughs> and so I think that that obviously is exacerbated when they're newer, mm-hmm. when they don't realize, like, oh, I don't want to put my bomb on the bottom when it's turn two and they have two lands. Oh, like, yeah. stuff like that. So I, I, I do think that the life gain rewards, like you said, like, would help with that just like incentivize give someone something that's fun that doesn't really require much like like premeditated thought you just kind of start playing and it happens and everyone's having a good time yeah and and that being said i'm happy to see that white's characteristic race is going to be humans because i think that that'll be like that's really unobtrusive Mm -hmm. humans are on almost every world yeah and it'll be a great way for tribal effects to latch on to and become stronger yeah no yeah totally agree okay uh move i think we can move on to mono blue commanders now i think yeah we're not going to be exhaustive everyone uh we really just want to provide an an oversight of like what the most popular commanders are how people are building around them yeah and we i think we are going to try and get into the two color commanders like closer to Ravnica like which will yeah. be pretty soon the spoilers are going to start sometime in the next few weeks yeah I think based on the the length of time this is taking I think today we're going to do first five colors yeah. and maybe mono brown and then see what happens from there yeah. try to shoot for five per podcast yeah yeah seems good okay although I think the once we get to like four colors we're probably going to speed through that <laughs> <laughs> that's going to be real fast we could probably do four and five colors yeah in one so looking at this beforehand, mono blue I think has the fewest amount of holes in mm-hmm. its identity. Like there are a ton of mono blue commanders that just do blue things. There's ones that care about countering spells, drawing cards, cast triggers, uh, instants and sorceries, instants and sorceries, gaining control of things, unblockability, wizards. artifacts, wizards, um, polymorphing. There's like all kinds of sphinxes. <laughs> sphinxes. There's a ton of blueness in here it was really hard for me to find like 
a whole i don't actually think in regards to the primary blue color pie that there is a gaping hole in mono blue commanders like there is in white with like in particular life gain something like that i i agree i think they should stop printing new blue legendary creatures <laughs> yeah i think white and red should just take over those slots from now on that's my yeah. opinion i think it's almost a shame that like the strongest color in commander also yeah. gets like the best stable of monocolored yeah oh definitely that that also i think that kind of speaks to the problem too like one of the reasons that white is so bad and underrepresented so to, as a comparison the top white commander had about like set what was it 737 something with sram yeah uh and the top mono blue commander is tower and sky summoner with uh 1,190 decks, so a sizable Yeah, people increase. are clearly much more interested in playing blue, yeah. like mono blue, than mono white. Yeah, and I think part of that is because blue is better, but I also think that it's because they haven't built to white strengths in Commander mm -hmm. in a big way. So, whereas blue, as you're about to hear, they definitely have played up blueness and blue things and trickiness and thinking about plays and in a way that is really satisfying mm -hmm. so um Talarin in particular obviously you cast a spell mm -hmm. well you cast a uh, instant or sorcery and you get a 2-2 flyer and that's great yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like like wow there's a lot of ways like i've seen a few different Talarin builds uh i we have a friend who has three different Talarin yeah. decks, and they're actually really rad. One of them is entirely old border, one of them is a uh, modern border, and then one of them he's trying to do... Um, like Frontier? Frontier, yeah, with the little... M15 border. Yeah, and it's they're all very cool and play very differently, and his old border one is like strong and hilarious because he does have to reach a little bit further mm -hmm. to get some value. It's pretty cool, um, and that, honestly, that's one of the reasons why Talrand has, like, over a thousand deck lists, is because there are so many good instants and sorceries in blue. Yeah, I think that one of the reasons that blue has so many, like, strong, well-defined archetypes is that Wizards has been very clear and delineated in, like, making, like, the categories of things that blue is good at. For totally. example, like... Everyone knows that instants and sorceries are associated with blue. Yeah. Artifacts are associated with blue. Mm -hmm. Wizards are associated with blue. <laughs> Whereas, like, with white, what card types are associated with white? Like enchantment, kind of, maybe. Yeah. You're like, uh... Although, uh, So maybe enchantments or what creature types are associated yeah, with white? That, angels. <laughs> That's the only one, really, that, yeah. like... There's a really strong connection, and that's because they've been forcing and, it and down our throats. And it's also because it's the only one that's been consistent through from yeah. the beginning of the game. Yeah, yeah. Whereas, like, with White's characteristic race, it's like, well, we'll, we'll throw some cats here, or maybe, <laughs> like, and soldiers, even though that's, like, a class. Yeah. A race. So they, they've gone back and forth a bunch of different times. So, like, White hasn't had the opportunity to build up equity in any particular uh, creature type except maybe human because they're everywhere. Yeah, kind of incidentally, honestly, until Unstrad. But here's another, here's something interesting that Mark Rosewater said the other day, which is that they don't want to do human tribal on, like, 
introductory products oh, or yeah. like they don't want to introduce they don't want new players to see human tribal because new players have trouble understanding what is a human and what is not oh because <laughs> like oh on old cards you mean well on a lot of well on old cards sure but on a lot of cards like uh is it like a videlkin it looks like a human and i have no like like, <laughs> may, like they might not fully understand exactly what is meant by creature type okay they might I, not okay understand that like if this thing in the art could potentially be a human it is a human as opposed to the um, word human being on the type line yeah being okay. like very particular it has to have this in its type line like arcanus the omnipotent yeah you might guess that he's a human like because like oh you're so used to seeing like race class and yeah that no that makes sense i i can totally see that and then a lot of humans like are dressed up pretty heavily yeah. too yeah, like in we're, the we're looking at barol right now and it's like he could be anything now that you say that i could totally see that like someone could confuse padim as like a human yeah. in like face paint <laughs> or, or even like just imagine you had a card that said humans cost one less to cast like, mm. do, do you think your Jace costs one less to cast? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's interesting. That's enlightening. <laughs> so so I, can, I can see why that's confusing, but the, the bottom line is white gets screwed again. Yeah. <laughs> because, like, from the beginning of the game, everything blue is, like, a merfolk or a wizard. That, yeah. <laughs> although Ooh, although maybe the lesson here, or, like, the potential slot, the potential open archetype, is just mono blue merfolk. Yeah. Yeah, honestly that that is a thing we've talked about in the Ixalan episode we talked about there isn't a good merfolk commander. Like Kumena um is the closest. Is the closest. It definitely works with your merfolk but is not it doesn't it doesn't do what you want it to do and it, and it like has creates these really weird incentives where it's like I'm you feel bad for attacking cuz that could be like yeah. guys you're tapping for for value yeah exactly but and also like if you look at kumena deck lists uh or other just merfolk tribal edh deck lists they're they're predominantly blue anyway so yeah. why not yeah so thassa comes in at number five with 491 decks the signature cards in thassa are actually big fat sea monsters yeah octopus krakens leviathans so thassa is pretty popular almost 500 decks and the majority of them seem to have like krakens, octopus, serpents. Maybe that's another open hole that they should think about filling. Is yeah, and like Slin Voda is not exactly no, Slin, no, that is not re, a good. They need to re-roll on Slin Voda. To yeah, Mulligan on that guy. Yeah, um, I, I think it's cool that he existed. I just feel bad. Um, but yeah, so more in the the blue commanders, like the so number two is a zombie lady of scrolls. Which has been, this has been in the format since like, kind of inception, like since they started doing mm-hmm. non, elder dragon only <laughs> decks, um, wizard tribal tap and untap wizard you control draw a card, um, so already you see like just with the first few decks you see like you see unblockability and scrying, you see spellcast triggers, you see wizard tribal. Um, Barrel comes in at number three um, with 750 decks. Oh, Azami has 1,092 decks. And Barrel obviously makes your instants and sorceries cheaper and then rewards you for countering spells. So all of a sudden you have a commander that 
cares about counter spells, which is like an entirely blue mechanic. Brawl's also just a really strong like mono blue combo commander. Yeah, yeah. He, he partners really well with like free spells. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You get your like crazy value off of it, and then you're you can just play things way sooner than you should. Teferi comes in at number four with 690 decks. Teferi Temporal Archmage. He's the closest thing we have to, like, a sea monster commander, Mm because he, like, so clearly incentivizes ramp, but um, the problem is, like, there's usually better things... When you have that much mana, there's usually better things to do than just cast uh, Lorthos or (laughs) whatever. (laughs) Yeah, and then, uh, as people listening might know, there is Teferi plus the Chain Veil is... And enough mana like does go infinite. Yeah. So there, there's also that about him too. Um, but his deck is kind of a blast to play. Yeah. <laughs> it's really cool. No, I had one for a while. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. Because sometimes you just get a quick Kozilek or Ulamog, yeah. and sometimes you combo off. Yeah. And it does also, cool like, things. You're on color for um, time warp effects, which yeah. are awesome yeah. with any planeswalker, but to vary especially. Yeah. No more mono blue commanders. There's too many good ones. Maybe we can spend less time on the. Although we did learn some things. By going yeah, through that I, I do. And like I said, like I, I was trying to find a hole in mono blue. Like that's one of the things that I, I, I want to try and do with this like yeah. series. And there is the only hole I could really find was the like. There, there aren't many like tempo. If that makes any sense, there's not like. Other than Venser, which is definitely not, like, what I'm talking about, mm-hmm. um, there's the only one who really cared about, like, bouncing creatures or something, like, kind of tricky, playful like that was really Baron Master Wizard, mm-hmm. coming in at a whopping 59 decks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I, I I don't know. I guess Hydar coming in at a, a, a solid 38 decks. But um, even then, like, the tempo is not even great. It's not good. It costs five to start with. Yeah, and... and that was really the only thing that I could find that could possibly be built around. So you, I don't even... So you're looking for, like, a, a bounce-supporting commander. Yeah, so, like, something... Not even necessarily, like, bouncing their cards, but may have a commander that is an engine that, like, jump through a hoop to do... Like, bounce a creature, either your things. Something that creates disparities in mana. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, getting them to invest all their mana in a spell or a creature, and then you might be down on card advantage, but you're you're getting mana advantage. Yeah, that's the only hole, because that's a classic blue... Strategy. Strategy that that was that was kind of the only hole that I couldn't um, find. Also, thank you for the assist there. That was exactly what I meant. <laughs> um, there, there's kind of always been in other formats a blue deck that does that. Whether it's using um, the Drake with unstable mutation mm-hmm. on it and like unsummons and stuff like that, or or what have you. Like that that's an archetype that could exist in Commander that doesn't really i'm I, I would have to brainstorm more like what that would I look like i think that like. would be a very challenging card to design yeah but it could definitely open up a new archetype it'd be uh interesting to see like what kind of incentive would be necessary to make something like boomerang or, or something yeah good. yeah exactly because boomerang just running a boomerang in your mono blue deck is typically not worth it so yeah that, that's like i would always i've for a long time been interested in finding a deck in which cyclonic rift would be good so, <laughs> so i'm really yeah eagerly where's the home for cyclonic rift 
Where is it? Where evacuation? Where do I play this card? <laughs> I don't understand. But um, moving on to mono black. Um, so mono black, I think, surprised the both of us the most. This, yeah, this was very interesting. I was expecting uh, that the reanimation commanders would be much higher. Mm-hmm. Um, so coming in at number one, we have Maronar <laughs> with 720 decks. Well, to be fair, two thirds of those are relentless rats builds. Yeah, that's incredible. <laughs> <laughs> that's staggering. Yeah, so people clearly love their relentless rats, and what's the newer one? Oh, rat the colony. rat colony. Yeah. Yeah. So it might be worthwhile for them to design a commander that just makes that a little bit better, like Maronar. Oh yeah. Like you're not actually going to ever activate his. You're probably not going to activate his ability because the one one rats you're getting are just going to be worse than relentless rats. Yes. So it's really just a way to grant evasion to your relent to your to huge your... ass relentless rats. Yeah, I think there could be a since clear since players clearly are so interested in doing this thing, mm-hmm. I can imagine that there's room to design a commander that supports this thing a yeah. little bit better because. Relentless Rats decks are still not good. No, they're just funny. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know how many of you have seen or played with a Relentless Rat Commander deck. Unless you're getting off, like, the Thrumming Stone thing. Yeah. It's just, if your game plan is just, I'm going to play a three-cost thing, a three-cost vanilla creature, doesn't matter how large it is, you're just going to trade, like, five cards for a Wrath. Yeah, it is pretty nuts. Like, the, the only Relentless Rats deck I've seen go off with any, like, appreciable consistency was a uh was it mare in the morn song yeah the elf lady yeah just because like you tutor up your thrummings <laughs> <laughs> but yeah that definitely that's a that's a whole there there's i wonder if this so shiray is yeah. currently seventh i wonder if that's a shadowborn if shadowborn apostle makes up a significant oh yep 40 it does percent of these 500 something Shirei decks are Shadowborn Apostle lists. Yeah. So players clearly love that. And I think there's room for a black commander that could equally support Shadowborn, Rat Colony, Relentless Rats. Oh, yeah, definitely. Actually, talking about this, like, kind of made me realize that um, some Mark Rosewater said uh, on Blogatog, people ask questions about Relentless Rats and Rat Colony, especially he in Dominaria. It's not a mono-black ability. Yeah, I mean, so that makes me think that they could do something like this in mono-white that could actually be... an int- Like, if they made a mono-white yeah. creature, they, like, there's a ton of rewards in mono-white for small creatures. or cre- Like, if you had a creature that you could reliably have, like, 30 copies of in your deck or something like that, like, that might be a cool way to patch that up. Yeah, no, that, that would be... Uh, especially if they had a commander that... Um, better rewarded very small creatures yeah sort of like a i think he said mentor of them make was a mistake but oh yeah but something like that mm-hmm. uh where and then just like that could it's crazy how printing two cards could just create <laughs> yeah like a, a very popular new archetype in white yeah so easily yeah so that that's something here that so I think one of the things that surprised both of us, uh, going back to Mono Black, oh, yeah. is our number two. The number two most popular commander in Mono Black on EDH Rec is Gaunti Lord of Luxury, coming in at 706 decks. So there's, there's a, <laughs> I can think of some explanations for this. It, like I noticed that also 
Yeheni, Yeheni? Yeah, Yeheni, yeah. Uh, is number eight. So it could be that they're getting a boost by people who want to see, like, non-binary representation. Yeah, and, and possible. That's, and that's why their, uh, their, their popularity might be out of sync with their power level. Yeah, it, oh man, it's, it is really strange that there's not really a tribal component to either of them, really. Yeah. So, Gonti, most of these builds... There is a tiny bit of build around in the sense that Conjurer's Closet and Panharmonicon yeah. and Blade of Selves, like Helm of the Host, these all work well with a commander who has an ETB creature. Yeah. But the majority of the deck just seems to be mono black good stuff. And I think yeah. that if the most popular deck is good stuff. Yeah, that's not okay. <laughs> that's not good. That's yeah. really bad for the format and and that means wizards should be like really trying to pump out new and interesting mono yeah. commanders. And, and we I do want to note that like Gonti comes in at 706 decks, but that's mostly because Marinar has 720 relent like a lot of that was relentless. Yeah, two thirds, so you can cut out <laughs> Like, like 500 of yeah. those deck lists, really. And, and so so really, like, when we're bringing up this concern about Gonti, it's because, like, Gonti is kind of the most popular mono-black commander, at least on EDH rec, and that, that's strange. Yeah. Like, mono-black has a ton of playable commanders. A ton of interesting yeah. commanders, too. So it's it's a shame that this commander that doesn't really point you in any sort of direction. Yeah. Like, he's not. you're not even... He doesn't even tell you what to do with your own deck. He's playing out of yes. your opponent's deck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is so... Yeah, it's very strange. And I mean, it's very good. There, We have a friend who made a Gonti deck that, like... He... <laughs> he... Pilots very... Inappropriately at times, but, like... He'll be sitting there with, like, nine exiled cards that he could just, like, pop off it, it at could any just, time. It could just be that, like, people enjoy the play style of, like, I have this secret. Yeah. I have I, a secret. <laughs> no, I don't. Yeah, I, I actually do think that that might be part of it. I, I don't know it, if they're actually caring about the other cards. Yeah, it might just be that the mechanic is fun, which tells me... Mm-hmm. That that line of text could be an interesting reward. Yeah. For if they can figure out the right trigger, is this clearly in Black's color pie at this point? Do we know if this is just a Black thing? Because we've also saw um, Prater's Grasp. Yeah, Prater's Grasp has done this, and um, uh, I don't know. Would you call like Word of Command like a precursor to these things? Like cast well, a spell make your opponent cast a I guess spell or also, something that uh well the, i think the there are examples where it's not black where it's also not hidden so like Daxos yeah. of Miletus. yeah 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 um, definitely we don't know for a fact why players are building gaunti but yeah i would have to, i would guess that more non-binary legendary creatures is something wizards wizards should print yeah and then also experimenting more with this mechanic especially as a carrot. Yeah, as the reward as opposed to just like uh, your scorpion does a thing. <laughs> yeah, like enters the battlefield is not is really yeah, boring on a commander. Please. I don't want I don't want to be rewarded for just casting my commander <laughs> and yeah. letting him sit there. Yeah, no that's or letting it th- them sit there yeah. as the case may be. Gaunti, the unnaturally long-lived Aetherborn. I had a little bit of hope with the next commander which does kind of point you in a direction vaguely 
so so I think that I think the direction they're pointing you is not fully supported no. by the mechanics. No, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> definitely so we're, looking at this list. We're, we're talking about Ghoul Caller Gisa. Number three. Uh, she comes in at 704 decks, and more than half of them are zombie tribal. Yes. Um, <laughs> which, y- yes, she does make zombie tokens, and that, of course, works well if you have things that pump zombies, if you have... Um, like graveborn muse for example so that makes sense yeah although i think that people tend to go a lot harder on the, <laughs> the zombie than is warranted like for yeah. example diagraph colossus yeah maybe ca- like unbreathing horde might not necessarily need to it, be it's there a lot of things where like the other cards in the deck are like sort of supporting themselves without the help of the commander yeah I, I honestly wouldn't even run like lord of the undead like in a deck like this like mm-hmm. that that yes it is a lord but i think that undead war chief warrants an inclusion because it's so much better yeah than I, lord of the undead i am also a much bigger fan of two power buffing yeah as opposed to just one power buffing so I don't think that a lot of the way this is being built is correct. Yeah. There is some cute tech that I noticed just while going through this list, though. Like, yeah. um, Scourge of Neltoth. This is actually yeah. apparently good enough. Oh, yeah. That's it. awesome. Because you just sack two zombies, get Scourge back onto the battlefield. And get 10 more power. And get uh, 12 more well, power. Yeah, you get 12 power, but then you sack... Oh, no, you sack four power to yeah. do it. But no, but that's still... you're still... going up four zombies every time yeah that's pretty nuts yeah also uh people are running yargle which is interesting <laughs> i think better might be phyrexian dreadnought yeah that might or, be a little or phyrexian uh soul gorger yeah yeah this is so funny they're <laughs> i i know yeah yargle found a home yargle uh but but overall i think that what this tells me is that people really wanted to build zombies, Yeah, really wanted to have a zombie commander, and they were willing to make do with a less than uh, perfect option. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and that'll come up again when we get to the blue-black commanders. Well, <laughs> spoiler. Oh, yeah. Um, th- I mean, also, so to move on to, to the next most popular one is also uh, in the same vein as Gonti, like kind of a good stuff commander. It's Erebos, God of the Dead. Um, with 599 decks. It's crazy. There are actually only four signature cards for Erebos. So for every other commander, they have, like, I think 10 Yeah, it's, it's usually about 10. But there are so few signature cards because people build Erebos so similarly to, like, so many other black decks yeah. that there's almost nothing associated with him. Yeah, and also I think it's hilarious that the... Um... Like, the signature cards for this guy are... Exsanguinate, Exquisite Blood, Whip of Erebos, and Thematic Compass. So, just things (laughs) things that gain you life, and then Thematic Compass, I don't know what that's doing. I don't know what's going on. Like, why is that here? Yeah. And also, like, Exquisite Blood is just part of a combo. Like, that's honestly... I I expected to see the other half of that here in the top cards. Like, what do you do with your Erebos deck? I don't know. I guess you, like dirtle until you combo mm-hmm. which probably actually seems like that is kind of what happens yeah i mean all the top cards are like crypt gas gray merchant Brexian <laughs> arena mutilate liliana the dark Ground, cage sun yeah black sun Zena. just like card like just good decree of pain control grave cards. titan grave titan is a top card so it's it's very very upsetting that gaunti and erebos together 1300 decks 
like this huge proportion of the mono black decks are just good stuff. Yeah. That's really, that's a problem. Yeah, that's a bad sign. All right. So clearly uh, we've got an issue with mono black. What do you think are some of the holes that we could try to fill in? Tribal is the first ones. Like you have these zombie decks that are kind of being forced into these shells, like these mono black zombie decks, and you don't really have a proper like mono black zombie commander in the same way that there's not really like a good demon tribal yet. I think you've talked about this before. Like I think you've made like some demon tribal. Oh yeah. I've made a demon tribal commander. I think that it's not that hard Mm -hmm. to pull off. You really just need a way to reduce their costs because the average CMC of demons is like, you know, five, six, seven. Yeah. And you can do it really flavorfully. Like you could like, sack a human like yeah. do this thing. like you can make some really cool designs that like the hoop is worth like the the juice is worth the squeeze yeah for no, them. i did one that was like um just sacrifice a creature add black black to your mana pool spend this mana only on demon spells yeah that actually worked out pretty well yeah yeah, yeah. i mean that sounds great <laughs> yeah like that i would that would, seems like something a lot of people would like so I think tribal is always going to be a hole, especially in monocolor. Yeah. Can we just take a moment to curse whoever designed Kalia? <laughs> yes. Oh, why? I know. Oh, Destroyed man. so many archetypes, collapsed yeah. it into one. God, it's so ridiculous. Because I... Uh, yeah, okay. I'm going to stop thinking about Kalia. I think the other one, too, which kind of goes along with the white, which Krav and uh, Regan, Reg, what's Regna. Name? Regna. Life gain. I think together they make a cool white black life gain commander but there's definitely room for like a mono black i care about life gain especially in combined with all of the freaking awesome pay x life spells in black Mm -hmm. or pay this much light like maybe just like a black commander that gains you a lot of life Mm -hmm. mm-hmm mm-hmm that would honestly be fine. Yeah, and, and especially, and then there'd be a perfect home for Lich's Mastery. Yes, wonderful. That'd be so good. Um, but really, I'm I'm kind of disappointed because we have so many things that Black does. Like we have an Abyss effect with Anwan. We have just really cool reanimation effects with everything from like Whisper to Chainer and like Shieldred. We have like hosing decks like Kalitas and King Makar. We have like uh, an instant commander with Toshiro Umazawa. Yeah, and then even like we have really cool stuff like Iname, like I know you're talking about. Oh yeah, no, Iname is an amazing commander and it's crazy that she's so low in the rankings here because it's such a unique, fun play style. It's so cool though. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so there, there's so many things and the, there's various tribal decks, there's big mana decks, there's... The, it just is so baffling to me that this was the good stuff was the the king of mono black and in some ways i understand like we always make jokes that mono black decks are always the same just because there are so many staples Mm -hmm. in mono black that are just so good yeah just increasing your resources yeah it's almost fitting like black knows what matters and cuts right to the heart of it (laughs) but i i do think that maybe in regards to mono black like more commanders that focus on a hoop and rewarding you for said hoop as opposed to um these kind of either very abstract hoops Mm -hmm. so uh i mentioned king makar that deck is very funny and fun and hilarious when you it's a machine like you start it going you've exiled a ton of cards you have a bunch of gold you have a bunch of mana you, you can find some way to win 
but the play style is not fun. <laughs> like, like maybe you can make a machine that is fun to play with as opposed to, like... Or, or same with McCase. McCase ends up being, like, a combo yeah. deck most of the time. You know what I would really like to see is... Um, I think there's two potential decks that could be built in Mono Black. One is, like, focused on making your opponents discard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, because, you know, you've got all these... Megram effects or Geth's Grimoire or Waste Knot. Like, yeah, you have a bunch of rewards that could there, help. There's decent rewards for discard, and also just discarding in general is good. Like, it's you, it's card advantage if you make everyone else discard. Mm-hmm. So that would be great to see. And also, like, I think there is more room for black discard outlet commanders. I would love to see some of those at a at a better rate than like Volrath the Fallen or whatever his name is. Yeah, it is interesting that there's not really a discard commander in Mono Black, and and I, I mean there are or but yeah, like, the, the rate is so terrible. Yeah, and or you have the um, what's it, Myogenum Knight's Reach, which honestly I would not necessarily consider like. The discard, uh, discard commander. That's kind of just like that's how you end your yeah game plan. You have like Zauzo, you have Greel, Mindraker, neither of which are like very efficient or a very good raid. Yeah, um, I think that just some sort of discard commander that is costs like less than five mana. Yeah, and scales well to multiplayer. I think that would be, and that would probably spawn a new archetype. Yeah, yeah, definitely. The next color also was... uh, I was surprised at how solid red was, I guess, to to give you... Spoiler alert, we're moving to red. Yeah, I I think that uh, a lot of this has happened just in the last few years, because, like, what was it, Commander... Was it 2013, 2014? 2014. Yeah. We got Duretti Scraps Avant, he's in the top five. We got Felden of the Third Path, he's number six. Yeah. Neheb the Eternal, that was just a year or two ago. Yeah, that was last uh, year. Zeta, Hedron Grinder, also within the last few years. Yeah, really great. Um, like, Perforos, he, he's only like five years old. Krenko was in Magic 2013, I think. Uh, yes, I think that is correct. So so literally all six of these... The uh, top six, six mono-red commanders were all fairly recent. Were all printed in the last, like, six years. Yeah, and I think that one of the reasons for this is that they've stated and uh, they've, openly they've... that they've been trying to f- make red better in Commander. Mm-hmm. Like, they've openly stated, like, no, 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 we're trying to not break the color pie and give you things that are good. Yeah. And honestly, yeah, these last few years have been awesome for Mono Red. They've been great, definitely for Mono Red commanders. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. I think that they've still been a little lacking in terms of getting the, the main deck cards up to yes. snuff. Um, <laughs> no, that's definitely true. Actually, not even a little bit, but <laughs> yeah. they've been lacking yeah. in getting the main deck cards up to snuff. Yeah, one of the things that I noticed looking through a lot of these decks is red if you're not goblins your artifacts there's a slight goblin sub theme in so many of these decks like if you're not artifacts or goblins you might be having some dragons or you might be doing something goofy like um hitetsugu the heartless hitetsugu decks kind of run some interesting tech because like that effect is just so big Mm -hmm. um but yeah but i think we need to look at uh 
it's sort of like with the blue commanders what the existing themes that it just took a a little a decent commander to yeah. push over the top yeah and, yeah and in red like all the power is concentrated in goblins and artifacts yeah. <laughs> and artifact interactions yeah so as m- much fun as a lot of these things kind of are and like i actually love so many of these mono red commanders mm-hmm. it's kind of interesting that they all kind of lean on the same crutch basically yeah. but yeah um as you said the number one mono red commander um which also shocked me just with the sheer volume yeah is there's seven one thousand seven hundred twenty one Krenko mob boss decks? Like you have to take a step down to four hundred fifty to get to the next lowest yeah, commander, which is insane. Yeah. That is incredible. Um, I understand it. I get it. Yeah. Like it's it. You do not need to put much money into your Krenko deck to have an incredibly consistent, powerful deck. There are very few commanders that offer, like, exponential growth. Yes. <laughs> yeah, 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 without working really hard. Yeah. You get Wrath, and you're like, eh, and then you play him again, and you're you're back on. It's it's pretty nuts. Yeah, it takes so little effort to rebuild with a Krenko deck, and if they don't have the Wrath, then they're dead, like, turn five. Yeah, immediately. Yeah. So that's, that's a, that is a thing, and kind of the same... Maybe those who've been paying attention notice, like, between number one and number two, it'll maybe be, like, like the biggest gap we had was, like, a thousand something to seven hundred something. Mm-hmm. Duretti Scrap Savant, the number two mono red commander, has 1,265 deck lists. That's more than the most mono blue <laughs> commander. <laughs> like, that's... That's insane, and like the deck is super fun. Mm-hmm. Like, like, like we said, like you lean on goblins and artifacts, and both of these decks do one of those things. So I've played both of these decks. Krenko is just <laughs> a fire hose of goblins <laughs> that you're like barely even controlling it. The deck is doing its own thing, and you're just kind of trying to hold it and keep from getting thrown around. <laughs> Duretti, like in contrast, is an intricate machine, and you feel like an engineer. Yeah, as you're going through it, it there's like a lot of decisions to be made yeah. every single turn. The tree is very large, and especially once you're going off, like you have to think really carefully, and like you're doing things like when when do I mill myself with Codex Shredder? <laughs> like those are the kind of decisions you're making. I mean, I like heavily approve of the top mono red decks. Like. They're all very interesting. So, I mean, it goes Krenko, Duretti, Perforos, Zada, Neheb. Those are the top five. Mm-hmm. And then there's Felden, Norin the Wary, Grenzo, Heartless Hit Itsugu, and then Chandra, the Fire of Kalan, or whatever. <laughs> Flip Chandra. But the like the top nine are are very distinct, uh, with the exception of Havoc Razor, I guess. Like, all of these things, even though they are relying on a crutch, like, probably from either Goblins or Artifacts are doing what they're doing very differently from each other. Yeah. So, I mean, with all of this said, I think one of the more interesting things I noticed from Mono Red Mm -hmm. is, like, the lack... Two things. Like, the lack of, like, haste granting. You have Urbrask, who is great, but not the most fun leader of your deck. And, And, like... Fumiko, the low blood, I think is the only commander that she forces grant. attacks. Oh yeah, forcing attacks. Yeah. And th- so these are two things, or, and or like, there's not really a commander that makes it super hard to block in red that is good. Um, things uh, like that. I think Corvath gives your knights haste. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry, I spoke too soon. <laughs> um, so they're, they're uh, I guess Pia, Noir, 
you can sack your artifacts to get in there. That's not. It's uh, it's interesting that there's less focus on combat. Yeah, yeah. That, that I guess that's really what I'm getting in here is that that there is this. That's kind of the was the biggest glaring thing to me was that like yes I know there are there's fervor and um, but uh, honestly like fervor sucks. Like, yeah, like hammer of perforus is also not super good. Like a lot of those effects are not like. They need to you feel bad. I think they need to push those way harder. They need to have them yeah. cost either like cost two, or like have some sort of extra rider like ETB draw a card or yeah. something. Like I, I'm actually a big proponent of just throwing creatures you control have haste as a rider on like every red commander that <laughs> cares about getting into the red zone. Yeah, because no, honestly, there are like I think because who cares and it it's a big boost to playability yeah. to a color that still is i think relying on the power of its commanders more than anything else yeah more than the cards in the deck yeah i think like there are certain commanders in red that have haste that are very good mm -hmm. um and then i just realized that i omitted lavisa cold eyes who mm -hmm. does give haste to her minions which yeah. is very cool but yeah that that's very like the whole from that absence is very present when you're looking at a lot of these commanders like okay yes like your commander has haste cool you're still just building around this cool mono red commander mm -hmm. like that like like you said like the main deck cards still need to need to get there so that 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 was one of the biggest holes i felt it'd be interesting to see like another discard outlet red commander that isn't focused on artifacts necessarily just because like red does have some graveyard interactions yeah i actually do so this is an opinion that i will state here i think that like reassembling skeleton could be red mm -hmm. i think that like they could very easily and flavorfully print like I like mean, just, fanatic man and he's a one one for... or how about like fanatical phoenix yeah, yeah. no one would ever complain yeah about. exactly like they they could very easily like i understand that black reanimates things but why can't red reanimate like this card? Like why can't this card come back? That feels very red. Yeah. Like you, you could have this kind of thing, especially if it's a phoenix. Phoenixes already kind of do this. Yeah, I would definitely like to see like shallow grave type effects. In yeah, red. Mm -hmm. that feels super red. You're trading long term resources for short term gain. Like that's literally what Felden is doing, yeah. except he gets to cheat and do it repeatedly. Yeah, yeah. I I would like a power toughness switching commander that actually like does something mm -hmm. like that rewards you for like having creatures with a power toughness differential or something mm -hmm. like this and i like red does get that effect like plus x minus x and stuff like that um i think it would be an interesting vein they could go into um animating lands is something red does like infrequently um that's something like all of a sudden you have like a board or a guy out of nowhere that could be like a cool route to go down literally anything other than just goblins and artifacts because <laughs> we do have a lot of good goblins and artifacts let's let's keep keep it going <laughs> I, I would like to see more um effects like neheb like temporary mana generation in red mm -hmm. it's a shame that the only resource that red can really interact with is like dealing direct damage or creating goblin tokens so i would love to see more temporary mana generation because it's in red's color pie and if you get a critical mass of that effect then red can start 
approaching more from a combo like approaching victory more from a combo angle yeah instead of just relying on your insurrection yeah or yep. your thousand goblins yep or your paradox engine i feel that one, one last thing i wanted to say about mono red is just i'd also like to see more impulsive draw yes um, yes yes because i think impulsive draw and temporary mana generation will make comboing off in red much more easy and, and rummaging just period yes. just like a rummager that doesn't suck eggs like, like i know please. Like, i know can we please get one that costs less than three mana yeah can we get like the one they were so close with the pyromancer that kills himself to blow yeah. something up if but he just like didn't have wh- a mana activation well, yeah why doesn't he just tap like does that really break standard wizards I can i get just goblin looter like two cost one one tap discard a card draw a card but with 10 different names yeah <laughs> please like this it's so ridiculous like next unset just do that with the variants yeah yeah there's so many things in red's color pie that just haven't been fully explored that could be great in commander yes so first we have omnath locus of mana with 1143 decks i think people just play it because it's like the most obvious like green ramp commander yeah Oh, um, yes. There's not a whole lot of tech. It's just, like, people want to do green ramp, and this is one of the better options for it. So yeah. that's yeah. what they're doing. It's... And it and it itself is also, like, a win condition off of yeah. your mana. Yeah, you can... The amount of games I've seen just be non-games to someone just dying to an Omnath on turn, like, five or six. Because, yeah. like, you didn't have a blocker. <laughs> like, <laughs> whoops. It's pretty, pretty big. All right, uh, the next one... Uh, is Azuri Renegade Leader, and he mentions a creature type twice in his text box, so that should give you a pretty good hint. And uh, I wonder what his deck looks like. We're not going to go into this. I'll tell you that of the 1,007 decks built around Azuri Renegade Leader, 99% of them have Elvis Archer Yes, Uh, also fun fact, 96.7% of these decks are Tribal Elf, which really makes me wonder, what are the... 3.3% 3.3% of decks that aren't. I think that means they just forgot to tag it. Oh. <laughs> that would be my guess. That's That was the thing that I was like, what What would you, what are you doing? <laughs> Probably not tagging, you're right. Uh, the next one actually surprised me, the next most popular. Number three is Yes on the Wanderer Bard. Mm-hmm. Um, 818 decks. Um, and as far as I know, he's just like budget toolbox. Yeah. Like that—that's that seems to be what the signature cards are. Like, just you got your things that blow up artifacts, your things that give you lands, your things that host graveyards, your things that get you creatures, things that rebuy ETB triggers. Yeah, I uh, think it's just a lot of good cards. It also is able to take advantage of a lot of the elf tribal stuff yeah. because even though Yisan himself is not an elf, like if the first thing you're searching for is an like Elvish a mystic elves, yeah. and then the, the or like a Draga tree speaker yeah and the next thing you search for is a priest of titania and the next thing you search for is a reclamation sage like yeah you're doing pretty good yeah like your commander is able to make it easier to set up your tribal stuff yeah so the the next one didn't surprise me <laughs> not <laughs> not at all it's a selvala heart of the wilds coming in with 726 decks uh, the theme of green, especially mono green, that has been really interesting to me that I don't see when I see the the signature cards a lot of the time mm-hmm. is budget. Like budget is a really really popular tag on the mono green decks, 
and which makes sense because you have your beef, you have your cheap mana acceleration. Mm-hmm. Um, like anyone can get their hands on a land or else. Like mo- yeah, most mystic. of the staples are commons. Yeah, so so that kind of makes sense. And and this deck does have some cards that are pretty expensive. Um, in particular, like uh, Staff of Domination is pretty good with your Silvala and yeah. uh, Umbral Mantle stuff like that. And then there's just big fat, so it, it kind of looks exactly like I would have thought it would have looked like, which isn't common on EDH, right? Uh, so yeah, it's it's very similar to Omnath. Next, we've got Freyla's Llanowar's Fury with 608 decks. Over 70 percent of these decks are just tribal elves. Yeah, which is uh, hmm. <laughs> I know. Yeah, it doesn't like she doesn't particularly synergize with yeah elves. It's, I mean, she makes elves, which I guess. Adds to your I, Elvish Archdruid mana or Priest of Titania. I mana. would put her in Marwyn the Nurturer. I guess I would put Marwyn in her too. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. The, I, I don't think she like lends herself to build around that well. No, I do. We had a friend who had this like egregious like Turbo Fog yeah, deck. That that was... <laughs> it was so wonderful, but so terrible to play. Against. Yeah, <laughs> like, like uh... the win condition was. Pretty much just Guilt Leaf Archdruid. Yeah. <laughs> really. Just forcing concession after he stole all your lands. <laughs> it was so funny. Yeah. Yeah, and then, then the next five in the top ten, uh, you got Titania, Protector of Argoth, and Azusa Lost But Seeking coming in at seven. I, th- I think that um, Titania is less playing with a powerful thing present in the color and more just like the thing she does is so powerful that really deviates from the norm yeah yeah i guess that actually is pretty true because you just get a million five threes if you have any sort of land sack outlet yeah i also like expected azusa uh to be more similar to the titania list and it's like a lot more rampy good stuff rampy good stuff yeah Again, like a lot of the top cards in a lot of these lists are Reclamation Sage, Green Sun Zenith, Oracle of Moldaya, Wood Elves. Like, that's a lot of the lists. Um, and uh, Growing Rights of Itlamok has been uh, popping up on top cards in a lot of these decks, mm-hmm. too, which I think says a lot about like people want to play. <laughs> uh guy's cradle and can't afford it <laughs> yeah i think the two main through lines we're seeing are like sort of land-based ramp and then elves which yep. sometimes has a ramp component so yeah every now and then <laughs> <laughs> so what do, you, what do you think might be the open archetypes in green that aren't really supported by a commander right yeah now? so i'm not quite sure what the gaping obvious holes are for me Maybe, like, regrowth effects? That's kind of boring. I, I, have, I don't know. I have a couple ideas. One that I've seen other people ask for is, like, Sapperling Tribal. Yeah, Omano Green Sapperling would be good. And then another one is, like, a land animating commander or a commander yeah. that sports land animating that can't be used offensively. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because right now, like, by far the best thing you can do with... Kamal, Fist of Krosa, or uh, what's the other one? Joel Rail, Empress yeah. of Beasts. <laughs> is to animate. animate your opponent's lands and then use like an Ost... Or not an O-Stone, but like a Nevidus. Or doing it in response to a Wrath. Yeah. You're like, oh, person you Wrathed. Like, thanks for that. Like, see you in like 12 turns if you're still alive. Yeah, or just like Kamal uh, joins forces with someone else's Elishnor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's that's... 
I, I, I agree with that. That actually would be really cool. If you can't, uh, haven't been able to tell from some of these episodes, I love animating lands. <laughs> I would really like to see more green self-mill between, like, uh, recurring lands from your graveyard or, like, regrowth effects. Green should be able to play out of its graveyard really well, but it doesn't yeah. have any good mechanisms for getting the cards in there from your library in the first you place. Know, you know what? Actually, I now that I'm thinking about it, like, green untap effects, like, that is in green's color pie, mm-hmm. is untapping creatures. That would be, like, a really rad thing to see in the... Sort of like a... Uh, a thousand year elixir commander kind of yeah like a a commander that did thousand year elixir um a commander that like let you oh hmm, they get degenerate pretty fast Mm -hmm. um thousand year elixir would be fun and like easy to do not like isn't super unfair that one one might be broken i'm thinking like if all your elves pay for themselves and then if you have like a a glimpse of nature Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Glimpse of nature was uh, yeah, was a mistake. <laughs> maybe just maybe just the untapping half. Maybe if you could just have yeah, like a commander that untapped all your creatures, maybe and lands too, whatever during each person's untapped. Oh step. yeah, yeah, yeah. That'd be fun. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. Then maybe like put a rider on that so that you can get more use out of the land mana on their turn. Oh, like, yeah. Like, give yourself mm-hmm. flash. Yeah, yeah, that'd be really fair. That'd be fun. Yeah, I mean, in the flash part, that's basically just Yeva, so it's fun. <laughs> so I think that would be a cool green commander. Yep. <laughs> oh, another thing I, I sh- should have mentioned earlier when we were discussing um, limitations. Mm-hmm. Budget is very clearly a limitation on EDH rec. Yeah, yeah, yeah that pretty much comes up on every single commander like you're not seeing survival of the fittest even no. even though it's one of the most powerful cards in green you're not seeing it on here like you don't see the abyss on, on like Erebos yes. lists yes so that is a uh, a limitation of this is that if there's something really powerful that's also incredibly expensive it's not gonna show it's up. not gonna show up do you want to move on to colorless commanders this will be a quick one yeah this will go real fast so number one by a significant margin is surprising surprising yeah i would have thought as a twin brother was the one but kozilek the great distortion the uh eight and two colorless 12 12 with menace and when you cast it you drop to seven and then you can pitch a card from your hand to counter a spell that costs the same cmc very powerful like Mm -hmm. obviously that's a very good ability uh i don't think in general he's as good as his uh counterpart that costs Almost oh, seven almost times so, yeah. <laughs> more expensive. <laughs> Jesus. The signature cards, everybody, for uh, Kozlik the Great Distortion. Emrakul the Promised End and Ulamog the Ceaseless Hunger. Uh-huh. Uh, that's exciting. In general, like if you have fast mana and you, like the Kozlik Butcher of Truth is going to win faster more of the time. Mm-hmm. But your Kozlik the Great Distortion, is you, you'll be able to interact. And so the games that... You're going to have more games that are not non-games uh, compared to Butcher of Truth just because, like, you're drawing a, sometimes a lot more cards mm-hmm. and you're interacting in ways that colorless typically doesn't get. And most colors don't get, it, honestly. <laughs> um, the next most popular guy... Oh, and I am going to say this because I just double-checked and it is true. All of the Eldrazi in the top 
five signature cards are the other Eldrazi. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> take that with a grain of salt. Um, I mean, our friend, uh, he just would switch out different legendary yeah. Eldrazi <laughs> depending on how he was feeling. I, I mean, the decks seem like very similar to each other. Yeah, these are not, there's not a lot. The, the There's only um, three decks on here. Actually, let me double check that that's true. There's a few decks in these nine, uh, sorry, eight, because one of them is banned, mm-hmm. that might look a little different, and it doesn't look like that's super true. Um, but number two is Karn Silver Golem at 380 decks. Karn gives you a very clear direction. Um, this deck seems not good. <laughs> yeah, the, this, the version of this deck that's in here is, does not well, seem You combo with Voltaic Construct, it looks like. Like, I know that people sometimes give, like, the red artifact deck uh guff yeah because it's so it's so close to mono brown but the little bit of red actually does make a huge difference yes and having duretti as your commander instead of karn also makes a huge difference yeah like animate like a good artifact deck is not interested in just turning its darksteel forge sideways yeah yeah exactly like the way you're going to win is in a much more broken fashion and yeah, yeah. Duretti facilitates that, and Karn does not. Karn gives you nothing. Yeah, well, Karn, Karn, like I said, they're they're you with Karn, you win with. Uh, well, I guess you could Mycosynth Lattice for the win. You can Mycosynth Lattice or uh, Staff of Domination and Voltaic Construct. That's how you win because mm-hmm. you animate your Thran Dynamo, have an infinite mana, and then insert yeah. win condition there. That that's like the easiest path to victory but how do you search like. for that voltaic construct in mono brown <laughs> uh good question <laughs> there's got is there not an artifact that just gets you an artifact no but yeah i wish Jesus. <laughs> that um, doesn't exist yet i guess there's like planar portal and uh planar bridge yeah but, uh, i mean like red just has like the card filtering in red actually does make a big difference yeah and also honestly the trash to treasure mm-hmm. that you miss out on when you're mono brown yeah like because that kind of when in the it absence gives of, you resiliency yeah it gives you resiliency like de- and okay. ca- card draw like card advantage because mm-hmm. like you can be like well you know i'm gonna discard this thing now and i'll get it back later mm-hmm. where with mono brown you don't really have that luxury yeah like if somebody kills your paradox engine you're in a lot of trouble yeah you're gonna jump through some really big hoops or you're gonna have to try and uh find your expedition map so you can get buried your ruin. buried ruins so you can get it back yeah. or like get your expedition map to get your inventor's fair yeah. to get your trading post <laughs> there you go we found it we found the line so coming up next time we will go into the color pairs we might speed things up as we get into three color, just be- and especially four and five color, because I think it's less important to support the color identities with more colors. Yeah, I think actually we could maybe have that conversation when we get to four and five colors, because yeah. like, do do these need support? <laughs> no, no, I I agree. I think that the four color commander product was a mistake, yep. and five color commanders are an abomination. Yeah, I guess that's kind of where we're at for now. I hope this was enlightening for you guys as it was for us. Well, I mean, a lot of times it feels like we're just talking at you guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but I think this is a, a a good series for us to explore together and both learn some things. Yes, please, like, uh, message in, email, whatever. Like, I, I think that this conversation is good to have, not just because it's interesting for you and for us, but because if it becomes a popular topic and Wizards takes note of it, 
then these problems are like then they've taken note of it they realize that these problems exist these holes exist and can start filling them in because Mm -hmm. that is one of the best part about wizards is that they do listen to feedback yeah no it's great that we've entered the feedback era and that gives us incentive to try to inform you guys and and give and help you develop informed opinions so that we can have more voices talking to wizards and being like hey we want this this will make our our format better and like clearly with the the latest commander release it shows that they are paying attention to what some of the gaps in the format are yeah i'm not gonna go too far into this yeah i know that commander 2018 has not gotten um a lot of good press yeah especially so yeah finish your thought and then well uh i have not yet heard a great argument for why it's not good other than like Bam! Uh, same same yeah I mean, I mean like yeah reprint whatever but i think it's done a lot of great things for the format yeah no um, i i actually um spent a lot of the last two days listening to multiple different podcasts talking about c18 and I've read so many posts on Reddit about it and just yeah, never saw a great argument. No, there is not one argument or analysis that really, like, honed in on something concrete that, like, felt like it was a well-thought-out, like, was able to convince me that the product was as bad as people thought. I think it was a lot of people's expectations not being met, and that pissed them off. Mm-hmm. Like, definitely. But when you actually objectively look at the product, like... Yes, okay, the price went up, and yes, the reprints are bad, but the commanders themselves are so good. Yeah. And honestly, that's what I care about. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, I don't, when I see the commander products, like, okay, yeah, the main deck cards, they're trying to sneak into the format. Those are important to me. There wasn't as many of those this year, but... Uh, there were I'll, still some good ones. There were still some good ones, and then on top of that, like, most years, we don't get this many good commanders. Yeah. We don't, like, most years we get, like, five. Mm-hmm five good commanders we got like nine this year yeah nine if you're being like really strict about it Mm -hmm. too and we got like there's only a few like completely unplayable ones yeah which is that's nuts out out of a whole product for a year that's so cool that like all of a sudden we have these decks entering the format another thing i wanted to say is that regardless of what you feel about the commander 2018 decks and yeah you might uh dislike them i like I am very willing to be convinced. I would love yes. for you to t- like send me a message on Twitter, on Tumblr. Let me know what you didn't like about C eighteen. I yeah. I am very open minded about this. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But from the perspective of just trying to s- like make your own future better. Yeah, like Wizards came into this product with the intention of let's just meet as many requests as we possibly can. Let's let's give the players what they want as much as we possibly can. Mm-hmm. Like let's go on forums, let's go on EDH rec, let's see what the holes in the format are and we're going to fill them up. Yeah. And knowing that that was their intention coming into it, it really behooves the commander community to be really grateful and yes. say and say we love this because yeah. even if they didn't get it right this time, like we can't let the conversation about reprints overshadow our gratitude for them listening to us and yeah. giving us exactly what we want. Yes. Yeah, the fact that they spent that much time and effort to put these cool things into this product that yes, the re- yes, reprints, okay, whatever. 
that that's so important and to to maybe scare them away from that line of thinking of like oh maybe we shouldn't listen to the community is going to be so much worse if that comes to pass yeah. so much worse you're never going to get what you want ever again if like, you do if you like scare them ev- away from every that. commander they add they every new archetype they create to the format is that is the best indicator of the health of the format yeah i mean yeah there there is an issue with reprints but they are making a concerted effort to reprint cards. Mm-hmm. Like look at uh look at what we saw in M nineteen. Yeah. Crucible yeah. of Worlds. We've been trying to get that reprinted for years. Great. Or in uh Masters twenty five, we mm-hmm. got Imperial Recruiter. Yeah. Like they are really targeting the high the the, yeah. the, the high demand cards that are have an, an absurd price tag. Yeah, and also I think it's it uh in regards to reprints, you have to think about what's going on behind the scenes too. Mm-hmm. If you look at TCG Player, there's hundreds of cards that need reprints. Mm-hmm. There's there's tons of cards that have hit like 10, 20, 30, m- exploded in price that really need a reprint. And they only can release, like we're in the most products ever a year zone right now. Like mm-hmm. they release more cards per year than ever before. And they still have to find a place to fit in these reprints. And you have to think about the marketing, the branding, uh, Hasbro themselves. It's not just like they can just hand us these cards. Like the people who want to put these reprints into the sets have to jump through so many hoops to make that happen. And there's they're starting to do it. They're starting to figure out how to make that happen. So I think that yes, be vocal about reprints. Don't scare them away from but if you could detach yes, that yes. from the converse from the evaluation of Commander twenty eighteen. Yes, because I think that how they went about Commander twenty eighteen is more important than the lack of reprints in the product. Yes. Totally. That's that's period. I think that's that is it's so good that what they did happened. Please don't scare them away. <laughs> yeah. That's all I wanted to say about Commander twenty eighteen for now. Send me your thoughts, and I'd be happy to continue this conversation on the blog or in a future podcast episode. Thanks for listening. If you want to get in touch with me, I am at Commander Theory on Twitter and Tumblr. If you want to reach Zach, he is at Fat Bartleby on Twitter and Tumblr. The opening song is Lincoln Continental by Entropy, and you can check him out on SoundCloud. We'll talk to you guys next time.